0: Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. I'm Greg Thomas, and in the studio with me today, Jesse Carrasco. Hey. Harry Vaughn. Hey. And I'm going to be taking the back seat because Jesse is going to be hosting this podcast today.
1: I'll give it my best shot.
0: (laughs) And uh, she'll tell us what we'll be discussing uh, in this brief uh, time together. And I think you're going to find it informative and in fact, exciting.
1: So today we're going to go behind the scenes of a recording project here at TSC Music. You know, it seems like everybody's working on their CD. Everybody. We've been working on a project for a little while, and we wanted to give you guys, the listeners, just a, a little bit of a look into what goes into that. And technically, musically, what are the steps that go from a song idea to a CD on the shelves? Yeah.
0: And a little disclaimer that every approach to recording a project is different. You know, we have an approach here that works for us uh, because we're working with a lot of volunteers. We don't have people just hanging out in the studio waiting mm-hmm. to be called on. You know, they're coming from work, they're coming from home and other dis- situations. Um, and because the church is so busy, you know, we've got to work within the time frame of, of what happens or work around the scheduling of some of the events here at the church. So, uh, and everybody's got a different approach to tracking and recording and writing and arranging and that whole bit.
1: And if you don't know what tracking is, because I didn't know what tracking was when I started working <laughs> here, we're going to talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so, Greg, tell us about the project. What It's been in the works for a little while. Well, some people
0: will remember a few years ago, uh, an atheist group put up a poster uh, denouncing the existence of God and uh, the church... Went on the defense, thank God, and we put up a poster, or not a poster, a billboard, just a before the Lincoln Tunnel. All was over whole the whole campaign, city. right? It was on the train, it was on billboards, and et cetera, uh, and buses, on the bus lines. That said, God is. And it, we, it, 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 listed 24 to 30, I guess, attributes of, of God, our Father. And, uh, and it really caught on. And it was a season where, uh, I think people were, were, especially the Christian community was being pushed back into an awareness of the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, out of that, we decided we were just going to start writing songs based on those uh, attributes. And so the project was going to be called God is, and that's technically what it is today. However, the songs are changing and and, yeah. and evolving. So <laughs> yeah. it yeah. may or may not be the God is project, but it's been called the God is project for the past two years. And the great thing about it is that we haven't put a street date on it. I, I found out that when we put a street date on, uh, these types of recordings, if it's not a live worship series, we always pigeonhole ourselves. We get stuck mm-hmm. and then we end up pushing it three years, which is exactly what happened yeah. <laughs> with this project. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so we're still writing mm-hmm. uh, and creating new music. Oh, and, we're also uh, accepting submissions. submissions. Exactly. And so if you're listening to this podcast yes. and you Think you have a great song that speaks to one of those attributes of God? Uh, we'd love to hear your material, and we can talk about uh, the arrangements and, and how to get those songs to us uh, at a later date. I mean, a later later on in this podcast. But that's the project we we yeah. are calling it the Goddess Project right now. So we're writing with a purpose. Okay,
1: so yeah. where did where did these songs where did they come from? Is this stuff that you wrote is this to who who wrote these songs that we're oh. working on recording.
0: They, they come from a few people. Many of them, uh, yeah. uh, w- w- they started in the studio. I wrote some. Harry wrote some. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay Bogan wrote mm-hmm. some. We've got submissions from other people in the ministry. Um, Cynthia, Cynthia Thomas. Thomas.
2: And, um, uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Gonzalez, Gonzalez, who used to serve yeah. here.
0: It's coming from any and
2: everywhere. Sometimes we, I mean, if it lends itself, we can actually take a song that's you know two separate people that don't know each other and merge them if you know the content is appropriate you know nice we we hadn't done it yet but uh you know that's what could
0: happen we're waiting for your song Jess Uh,
1: I'm still waiting for it too (laughs) yeah so once a song is written and you decide okay this is a good song for this project we want to record this song Mm -hmm. what's the next step
2: well well I, I think I, the next step is typically what we what we end up having to do is we have to record the instruments first, mm-hmm. where where it's it's always a uh, common practice whether it's um, here or even in the, the secular realm they always record the drums, bass and keys and then they add everything else on top of that because that's kind of the foundation. Uh-huh. So we we you know we get our takes down to a, to a place where. You know, it, it, it's easy for a singer or ensemble or choir to sing their parts. But then the next part is coming up with uh, background arrangements, which is, for me, that's probably the most fun than playing drums. And I'm a drummer. Ah. I, I prefer to put three and four-part harmonies together. And,
0: and um, He's actually better at it than he is drumming. I'm getting ready to put him in the choir.
1: That's, uh, that's <laughs> pretty <laughs> impressive. <For>
2: me, <laughs> I stand in the back next to Mark Gaston
1: <laughs> and he just...
0: Put in some work
1: so but back up a little bit uh, that you know that that process is called tracking no
0: it, it's tracking okay. um, again like Harry said the foundational stuff that the, the, the instruments that carry for lack of a better term the rest of us mm-hmm. bass drums piano the vocalists can't sing to just bass and drums they need the keys to just uh, you know to get their harmonies right and to and, and usually the piano is what we would use to orchestrate the harmonies and the vocals. And so what will happen is that we will do a, a generic sketch of a song. But what I found out for for us when we when we track bass and drums, it's usually the final take. Yeah, it's rare that we they're go that back. Good or they, is, well, why we, is that? they're that good. But then we also it's time it's, consuming. It's, it's time consuming ah, exactly. Yeah. But then the other thing is that if the drums. Once the drums are recorded, it's harder to go back. You can't punch in, which is another term ah. we'll talk about later. It's not as easy to punch in with drums as it is with piano and keys. In other words, with this technology that we have, you know, if Harry misses a crash or, 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 or messes up on a, on a fill, it's not as easy to go and punch in and, and, and just that little section and then keep recording and mm-hmm. keep the rest of the stuff, which is something we are able to do. With so, other instruments
1: today. So that being said, Harry, when you're recording your drums, do you have to get it in one take? Um,
2: you I have try to get to, the perfect take. I try to get it perfectly. I mean, it, it, in essence, I'm trying to play as skillfully as possible mm-hmm. because I know that it's you know it's time consuming. There's you know some money's involved, and time is money. Yeah. Especially when you you know if if we have outside help helping us do this stuff, so you get it done quick so that way you keep the cost low. Yeah. And You go home and practice so that way they don't have to spend half the day getting a song right. And I think
0: that's the key. A lot of people approach studio session having not practiced well Mm. enough the material when you're practiced. And you know the music. When you get in the studio, yes, you can be the one-take wonder. Or maybe the two-take wonder. Or maybe the three-take wonder. But at least yeah. it's not seven and eight and nine and ten takes. Oh, I messed up the chorus or I messed this up. Yeah. it's It really does require people to practice, practice, practice. So that when they get to the studio, they can get the work done. You can cover more ground and then get out of there. Same yeah. time and
1: money. So we need to track the drums, the bass, the piano. Do you guys all get together in the studio and play together like you would on the platform live? Or are you doing that separate? How does that work? We usually sometimes. do. Yeah,
0: yeah. sometimes the piano do. is all done. Uh, often, though, the piano will be a scratch track, uh-huh. and that is just a guide piano track yeah. for the vocalists to sing their parts to. Because what happens, we find, uh, especially for pianists, it's a little more difficult to just pl- to play without vocalists. And not ah. overplay.
1: So you need the piano to record the vocals, right. but you need the vocals to record to, the piano. To record you got a, a really clean
0: piano. Right. And so that the piano is also out of the way of anything else you might record. Guitars, strings, horns. Yeah. So you don't want to overplay on the piano. And so sometimes it's better to just do a, a basic piano track. Something that's a guide for the vocalist. You get the vocals done and then you come back with the piano and then you build everything around that.
1: And... This may be obvious, an obvious question, but the, the technology that you're using allows you to record all those things separately and then edit them and move them around. And It's amazing that.
0: technology today. <laughs> yeah. uh, I could be in Brazil recording the same song. He could be in Timbuktu, yeah. you know. We're not doing that, but we're, yeah. we're not in the same room all the <laughs> time. Sometimes, sometimes down I'm the down the hallway other, in my right? office, he's here in his, somebody might be in the studio, Yuha may be at home, Patrick may be at home, yeah. and we record, and we bring the file, and mm. we dump it in the produce. It's amazing. I mean, years ago, that was impossible to do. Mm. Yeah. Everybody had to be at the studio, everybody had to be well rehearsed, or it was going to be an expensive project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So you've got... A great drum and bass take yeah. right you 've got your scratch piano track on there, right
0: mm-hmm.
1: now what 's next vocals
0: yeah we will, we'll do scratch we 'll even do scratch vocals we, yeah. we have some for you to hear sometimes it 's me screaming soprano at two a m Or Harry doing soprano
1: in to. For those of you who are not around the music ministry office that much and have not heard the rehearsal parts Uh. of the scratch vocals, this you have to hear. (laughs) Harry does a mean soprano. Yeah,
2: (laughs) the choir, some of the choir affectionately call me Harriet. Harriet, (laughs) too. Which goes against uh, all that's taught here in regards to sexuality. They call me Harriet because. You know, but it's, it's you know, you get and, it done. And,
0: and it gives them an idea of what mm-hmm. we're looking for, their, their attack on words, their mm-hmm. scooping to certain words, mm-hmm. how they want, how we want certain words and phrases to be enunciated and pronunciated. So uh, it's timing. So the rehearsal CD, the rehearsal parts are for the vocalist to rehearse. And, and we do this not
1: just for recordings, too. Absolutely. This is how we teach, I mean, I know we'll do another podcast where we're talking about you know, teaching music to the choir. But this, this is something that we do on a regular basis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this is something that you were able to do even again, back in the day, Mm -hmm. it wasn't as easy, you know, uh, because we were recording to tape. (laughs) Did I say that? I did say it. (laughs) So it was a little, a little more tedious. It was a little more difficult because if you didn't get it right. Yeah. You had to go back and re record it. Mm. The whole thing. You didn't get to punch in and fix little little things here and there. So mm. uh but it is a very helpful to uh however it is a colossal waste of time if you give it to people and they don't rehearse with it. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Typically you
2: you 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 can't go anywhere really and get a cheat sheet. You know, 'cause that's basically <laughs> what it is. Because yeah. Yeah. typically you gotta come in and read the music on the spot. We give it to you. A mm-hmm. week or two, maybe a month in advance. Yeah, you get to h- go home and listen to it as if though it's part of your regular iPod playlist.
1: Well, there you go. You know, yeah. there you go. Now you mentioned before that you like to do the, the vocal arrangements where you're you're basically working out what the sopranos are going to sing, what yeah. the tenors, what the altos are going to sing. Tell me about that a little bit.
2: Well, I mean, what I the the way I approach it is I, I always listen to the in essence the lead. Mm -hmm. And I tried to capture a certain I don't want to say vibe because it's not any it's nothing like that. Well, for the lack of a better term, it's a certain vibe of the song. If it sounds real stoic or classical, Mm -hmm. you want to approach it from that perspective. And, you know, sometimes I I would listen to classical music to put me in that that mental headspace. Mm -hmm. If it's a country song. I'll listen to gold city or some mm-hmm. of the stuff. My mother used to listen to the mighty clouds of joy or fairfield nice. Four, you know, and you just, you know, you do your research so that you can, you can possibly just articulate the song the way either the writer, um, whether it's not, you know, some external writer has written it. Like Cynthia Thomas wrote a song. He's a mighty one. God. And, um, she she's not like a professional singer or anything like that but what she did was she sung the song into a cassette tape uh-huh. <laughs> she had a cassette tape
3: uh-huh.
2: in 2000 she had a cassette tape <laughs> and, and she gave it to us and I took the song and she she sung the song you know to the best of her ability but she also explained the sound that she felt God was mm. giving her and it was a very um, a stoic it's like a, a ushering in the presence of of God in, in a sense mm-hmm. where big you hear violins and timpanis and trumpets and she heard all kinds of orchestral instruments Wow! and I was just I was a little shocked that she even exp- she explained it so well huh. so when I approached it I approached it from that uh, um, understanding uh-huh. you know
1: so let's let's take a listen to that let's hear a, what are we listening to is it's this Cynthia's version of Cynthia it?
2: Cynthia Thomas mm-hmm. well it's Cynthia Cynthia Thomas's song he's a mighty one god and it's basically her melody and then i added um some um the background parts because there were no backgrounds i had to arrange and come up with the backgrounds but we're not going to play a whole lot of it because we don't want to give it away
0: you're going to get right. just enough and there's no music so this is acapella
1: yeah. all right let's
3: hear it yeah my soul it doth Magnify the Lord and my spirit rejoices In God my savior he has done great things he had done great things I heard I heard the um first I heard a mighty one God a mighty one God
2: mm-hmm.
3: because in my prayer I always recite some of the magnificent that's the second name for this the magnificent mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I heard in my head, a mighty one God, a mighty one God, and that just led me to the next line. You have done great things.
2: You have done great things. Um, like tell me about like the way you hear the instruments in your head. Okay.
3: Yeah. I heard the trumpet. Mhm. Like in the old movies, they all lined up.
2: Like Ben heard that type of thing? Yes.
3: Like, bah, 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 bah. Yes, yes. Okay. What? You're a mighty one God, a mighty one God. You have done great things. You have done great things. You're a mighty one God, a mighty one God. You have done great things. soul it doth magnify the lord and my spirit rejoices in the god of my salvation he has done great things he has done great things you're a mighty one god you're a mighty one god
1: The Adult and Youth Praise Choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSE Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of Music Ministry. Are you a musician, an actor or singer, a video editor, or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then Projection Ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music, then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website, tscnyc.org, and click on Get Involved. And we're back. You just heard a clip of Mighty One God, written by Cynthia Thomas, who's a member of our choir here. And... So when you have a song, you've got some initial uh, bass, drums, piano, tracks. You've got a vocal arrangement. You've made a rehearsal part so that the singers can can learn their parts. So now you just get the choir together and, and record them. What's next?
0: Our, our approach has been uh, because we have this studio space backstage. It's not a huge space, but it's big enough to get a good ensemble in there. Uh, it's easier to work with smaller groups and then layer mm-hmm. them to get that bigger choir sound. And then if we wanted to, we could add the choir on top of that to really get the, the full choir sound. Uh, but it's much like what we do even in our services. We've got 12 people on microphone, uh-huh. and then we've got the choir mics. And so not everybody is directly miked would um, and we do that for different reasons but uh so what we'll do is we will send it out to the session singers we'll email them the parts they have a schedule now for the rest of the year where they are they know that they're in the studio and they already know what songs uh, they're to be working on so this song in particular they will get the parts and be expected to you know knock it out now there's always a little bit of rehearsal going on, you know, from the time we send it out and the time they come to the session, we may have tweaked a few things. We may say, well, let's attack this word that way. We, so we do some vocal styling uh, to really get the kind of effect we want on the song. But we have found that in the space that we're using, that it's good to go ahead and record all 12 people, mm-hmm. one shot, maybe do a second shot. Uh, it's a good ensemble, so they they seem to be working well together. And ironically, the room sounds good, you know, which is uh, a rare thing. And so once we've done that, our next phase would be then to do maybe, if necessary, to do sectional rehearsals. And Mm -hmm. we'll we'll do the whole song again with just the altos and then just the tenors and then just the sopranos. Mm -hmm. And the purpose for that is so that we have isolation. Mm -hmm. If the tenors are not big enough in one section, we can actually boost them up from the isolated tracks Uh, or if they're too loud. We can them down, you know, yeah, yeah. or if they totally jacked it up, we can fix it <laughs> where you good. can't fix any section in a group when you do a recording, you know, so if an alto messes up, that whole thing has got to be redone. So how does
1: that when you've you've got these 12 singers in the studio? Well, first of all, how do you even choose those 12 singers? What are you looking for in, in selecting that group?
0: You gonna get me in trouble. So uh,
1: <laughs> or not. No, no. <laughs> we'll we're, we're,
0: we're looking. At, no, the reality is we're looking for I'm looking for the best singers. All so right. question about it. Some of the best. Now I got a lot of singers here, mm-hmm. but I'm looking for some of the best. And and what makes you one or some of the best? One, you have good pitch. Two, you have good timing. Three, you have a good disposition, (laughs) you you know, not necessarily in this order, but Uh you you love the Lord. But then what I'm finding out also helps in the session is that people who have studio experience, Mm. they know how to flow in a studio environment. Some people are just so giddy and you know they're talking between every take and it mm-hmm. takes you a lot of time to just say, okay, let's do another take. And now you're going to rile them up again or put them all, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like wrangle them all back together again. So some people have good studio etiquette where they know, all right, I just did that take. I'm going to wait a few seconds while the reverb dies off or the whatever effects that they have on my voice. I'm going to mm-hmm. be quiet for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not going to go into happy mold and happy conversation when the engineer is trying to give me instructions about the next thing. Because now he's got to, you know, he's got to wrangle the group again. So those those five elements really do help mm-hmm. uh, when you're pulling together uh, session singers. Yeah. And also
2: um, I guess diction mm-hmm. and how clear because you really want that message to get, you know, to, to get through. And if you don't really understand what they're saying, if it's kind of like Lord it just kind of, you know, you want to hear those lyrics, Yeah, right? you need yeah. to hear the lyrics. It's yeah. important.
1: So what should a, a studio session, ensemble singer, if they're coming to the studio, what should, besides learning their parts, what should they have in mind? Or or how should they prepare for that?
0: I think one of the things we, uh, I'm, I'm going to point out about the sessions that we do here is that we're not working with professional singers. Mm-hmm. So, When for the most part, I'd say ninety nine percent of our singers here are just people who grew up singing, grew up in the church, many of which are not haven't haven't grown up in the church singing, so they but they just love to sing. And so they're good background people, you know. But for studio we're taking the you know, the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. Uh and so in addition to having been well rehearsed and paying very close attention to what they're hearing on the rehearsal C D, you know, if you know that you work a nine to five And you have a session that night, you gotta know the pace of your day. You gotta eat the right things. Mm -hmm. You gotta be well rested. You gotta be in a frame of mind where, you know what, I could be singing the same song for the next two hours. So if you're easily agitated, you've gotta be in the right headspace, your heart's gotta be in the right place. And so it's all of those physical, mental, emotional things. Mm -hmm. And and even you gotta eat, you know, like I said, you gotta eat the right things. And so if you know you've got uh bladder a small bladder mm-hmm. you don't want to drink a whole lot of water before mm-hmm. then because then we got to wait for you to go out and come back for every session yeah. Yeah. and one person can totally change the dynamic of the sound that we mm-hmm. that we may have already had in the previous song or another part of a song mm-hmm. uh so it's all of those things everything comes into play if you if your heels are too high hey you can you take your shoes off and make sure there's the odor eater in it, you know. So we, you know, because we're in a confined space.
1: It's very practical. You know, things make a that. big difference. It's,
0: it's yeah. a mix. If you know that you've got holitocin, it's all yeah. of that stuff. because wow.
1: yeah. when you gather around those mics, you're up close with Absolutely. each other's faces. You are yeah. rubbing
0: elbows. You're yeah. rubbing shoulders. And you are singing in each other's face. And Very so brief. they got to take into consideration all of those things. So that's why I prefer, <laughs> prefer people who have studio experience because yeah. they think about this stuff. Yeah, I'm going to be right in so-and-so's face or right in so-and-so's ear and you know, I had a burrito with a lot of onions today. Yeah. And I, I just, mm-hmm. You want to be right when you come, so. Yeah.
1: So what is the what is the walk me through the room setup? You have are they all on one mic? Do they have individual mics? What's um, that the setup room look setup
2: like? for the uh, alto, soprano, tenors. Um, since we're we're dealing with twelve, and we we you know we try to stick with groups of four. You know, we we you got four sopranos on one uh, microphone, and four tenors on one, and then four. But then we would have two uh, overhead mics to pick up the overall ensemble. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like Greg said, um, once you get that um, after they do one or two takes, maybe three takes, he may go back and uh, choose to um, do some kind of isolating type of um, near feel type of uh, vocal treatment where, Mm -hmm. you know, you're really getting that clear articulation of certain words and. You know, phrasing and what have you.
1: So, what kind of mics are those? Uh, well, and well, make it simple because I don't know much about mics. Well,
2: in, in microphone, um, in the microphone field, there are three types of mics. You have dynamic, cardioid, and ribbon mics. And typically, when it comes down to recording of uh, singing, you want to use a cardioid because they pick up the room in a particular pattern, uh-huh. whether
0: it's um wide or they're a lot more sensitive. Yes. Cardio condenser mics are a lot mm-hmm. more sensitive than your uh, dynamic mics, which are more live performance type microphones. You know, I can be right here on a cardio and mic and depending yeah. on the pattern that I have it set, I can move to the side of it and you won't know the difference. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. but this you is know? like extremely technical stuff and yeah. yeah. I know
0: for somebody who's going it way It's kind of hard <laughs> to keep that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And they're expensive just, microphones, yeah. you know. Yeah. You, you can get cheap well not cheap you can get inexpensive condenser microphones today and really get a good sound it really yeah. depends on the engineer and how he mics he or she mics and what they know about um, uh, audio treatment when they're done yeah. you know so you don't have to spend $3,000 on a microphone but you can yeah. you yeah. can spend $10,000 on a good condenser mic you can spend $200 on a good condenser microphone and still really good uh, get really yeah. good sound
1: so Greg in, we just did a studio session a couple of weeks ago uh, we are Recording the ensemble vocals for a song called He Remembers His Promise. Mm -hmm. Now, as we did that, you, Greg, were in the room with the singers. What are you doing there and what are you listening for?
0: I'm, I'm in there. I'm directing, but I'm also... I'm directing. That's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm almost kind of like directing vocal traffic Uh um, because there are certain cutoffs that I'm looking for. There's certain entries that I'm looking for. Uh, There's certain attacks on words that I'm looking for. And then I'm also listening to see if one person stood out on the last word or the last phrase. Or maybe the tenors weren't quite together when they approached this particular line. So I'm always looking for those kinds of things. And I make a mental note In my head, Uh, I'm learning now that I'm not always stopping them when I hear something that don't that doesn't work or that's not exactly right. Sometimes you want to just let them finish the entire track, mistakes Mm. and all. Come back and keep what's good. That's the beauty of this technology today. Where, uh, but at the same time, I'm a real uh, I'm I'm pretty keen on getting session singers to come in and become. One or two take wonders. Mm -hmm. I, I like the idea of being able to come in well rehearsed. They sing it and they knock it out with very little adjustments necessary. Because the thing about those sessions and those times, those moments, is that they're genuine. You can't recreate them, the vibe is there. It may not be vocally perfect. But it, it just flows. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like a worship set. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't want to try to recreate that. And, and it's very hard to capture an anointing in the studio. But when yeah. it's there, you don't want to mess with it. Yeah. You know, so sometimes less than perfect is perfect. Yeah. If you listen to some of the earlier recordings back in the day, nothing was perfect. Today we can go back and listen to some of that stuff and you can find something and, and on every single project, where and almost in every song, where something wasn't exactly right, it wasn't yeah. perfect. There's a note, there's a fly note there or a fly vocal there, but nobody's nitpicking over it because there was a, there was an atmosphere there that you can't recreate,
1: you know. So how do you know when you've got the right take? You know when you got the right
0: take when I'm in that room and I'm listening and I don't and I don't want to stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's at the end of it I just say yes. And I'll still say, let's do another one. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'll say, yes, that one was good. Let's keep that one. I'll yell at the Harry. Let's keep it. You know, yeah. uh, or he may have heard some things if he's engineering or whoever's engineering may have heard something that I may not have heard. I may have missed. And so you always need that extra set of ears, uh, yeah, in the this, room. There's well. going to be two different
2: perspectives,
0: like one standing in front of them.
2: And then yeah. there's listening to it through the speakers. Exactly. Mm. So the speakers may give you something that he doesn't hear, mm-hmm. you know, standing in front of them.
1: Yeah. So you're in the room, and then usually Harry or Gerald or some an an engineer is Mm. in the adjoining room with the with the controls. Yeah, yeah. Uh And so, what is what is that role? what What are they doing?
2: Um, just making sure, pretty much that you know you got nice levels, everything is is clean. Mm -hmm. You don't get you know any um any technical glitches like crackling in the mics or you know distortion you know stuff like that, and also you know adding on to listening for you know excellent takes mm-hmm. and excellent performance
0: so and, do, and again it's one less thing that i have to do it's one less thing that he has to do yeah. you're getting both perspectives because when people buy music they're not listening to it in the room with the vocalists mm. so mm. what i'm hearing is really not what the end user is going to hear
1: so you're listening to a piece that's going to then get layered, layered upon with other stuff. To what he's going to hear exactly. And so are you hearing that in your mind when you're listening to it or are you just Not listening particularly to it?
0: Yeah. Because that's again, it's just one piece. It's like baking a cake. So uh-huh. I got to make sure I got the right amount of sugar. Yeah. You know, so the vocalist, you can call that sugar, you can call it whipped cream, whatever you want to call it, but I got to make sure that that the sugar proportion is right. Right. And as long as I know that's right, all the other elements as you we can start worry to about add them later. Can, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, did we get a good take the other day? No. No. Uh, <laughs> can we listen to a take anyway?
0: Let's listen to it. It's not bad. Yeah. It's really not bad. Uh, but I definitely want to redo it. Uh, and I think the reason it's not what I wanted to hear is because, I've, and I totally forgot that I didn't have the same group of singers mm. this week. Mm-hmm. or that week uh two were out i had two additional ones okay. so i had a whole we had about balance. seven altos exactly. and like
1: three sopranos so the that balance day.
0: <laughs> was completely different and I, I had forgotten about the fact that um the balance was going to be different but the All other right. thing is that i had different people and so mm-hmm. i was looking for a, a particular sound that came from four people who were used to now singing together uh-huh. mm-hmm. which were now not singing together i had two people who were brand new to the session so uh-huh. they were still they they were, they you know they need some time to to adjust they need to be allowed to to have a reasonable adjustment period before they can really get settled in and start singing with other people it's not it's not as easy there's some professional session singers you know doesn't matter who you put them in the studio with they knock it out yeah you know and, and in this case exactly in this case out. we're we're yeah. working through it you know but we did send everybody what they did because one of the best learning pieces one of the best learning techniques is to listen to yourself and figure out where we missed it and I wouldn't put
2: too much emphasis on even being professional because being Mm -hmm. a a professional just means you can do something well Uh there are people who aren't professional who do that thing well Uh and there
1: might be people who get paid to do it who don't do it well?
2: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm not, I'll stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: So let's take a listen. This is a group of non-professional yeah. Times Square Church Session singers. And this is probably going to be everybody's first listen to this original song, He Remembers His Promise.
2: Yeah. Piece oh, up. Also, in this particular track, um, th- one of the imperfections that you might hear is some crackling, which uh-huh. is some of the... The technical stuff Yeah. That you All don't right, so do. All right,
1: is that? Is that you?
2: I wasn't That's, here. Oh, okay. I actually got sick that day. <laughs> I was a different engineer, but yeah, yeah. Okay. I was sick that day. He
1: Finland. It's our first missions trip. A group of kids from the Times Square Church Kids Praise Choir is traveling to Helsinki, Finland this June. We'll be part of an evangelistic children's choir outreach. We're so excited to worship and share the love of Jesus. A lot of the kids in the choir are from the inner city and we need your help to be able to go. If you'd like to help sponsor a child to go on this mission trip, visit TSCnyC.org. Just click on the KPC ensemble traveling to Finland Banner to make your donation online. Thank, Thank you. you. Kitos! a group had to go It didn't seem as if but
3: the those
1: So you just heard a little bit of a piece of "He Remembers His Promise." Now that was a collaborative song, no?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a that's a hot piece. I, I'm, I, I'm, I
1: love that song. <laughs> I've been so excited. I
0: can't wait till that one's <clears throat> completely finished. Yeah, Have Harry you, Harry wrote that. Uh huh. And I um, think you had. It was. It was. There's a
1: bunch of co-writers on that, right? It was myself.
0: It was you. It was Clay. Patrick was there. Patrick is what who gave gave. I think Patrick has the vibe. He came with the African vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But you had the original concept. He remembers Mm -hmm. his problems forever. Um, I think I added the verses. because we wanted, to, we wanted to come back and say, well, what is what were the promises? You know, we had this chorus, ah. but we didn't allude to any promises. Uh-huh. So we went to, uh, to Scripture, and then we bring in the promises. Clay was on keys. He had a couple things. So, yeah. you know, when we're in the room like that, it's a it's a joint effort. It's, it always is, you know. Uh, and what, what I'm finding as a, a songwriter situation like this is that, you know, you can get into nickels and dimes and quarters and pennies and say, well, I bought 25% of this song, or mm. I bought the, you know, chorus, or I bought you know, we're skipping that whole process because it's a, it's a waste of time. One, everybody brings home. Sometimes you just bring energy to a room mm-hmm. yeah. and without you being in the room, this other piece wouldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sometimes mm-hmm. it's really just energy or, you know, the African vibe that you hear in there. That's so Patrick, you know, we like to imitate it, but yeah. I that's mean, him. you know, yes. <laughs>
2: sometimes, although you may have contributed more words, it's probably the hook and hook, the hook is usually very few words
3: Yeah,
1: and that's
2: literally what people you know, grab on to, yeah. and they take that.
1: You I know, wrote the most important part. Yeah. Well,
2: I, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I, I'm just saying, you know, just to agree with Greg is just, you know, you all had a part, and yeah. it's all important. So, yeah, don't get hung up.
0: By the way, the previous song, um, "Mighty One God," mm-hmm. Cynthia bought in her recorded version on tape, but then Harry crafted those vo- those vocals. She didn't have mm-hmm. a choir arrangement for mm-hmm. this song, so that becomes a collaborative you know, collaborative work. Uh, Even though where, they were never
1: sitting in the room together. Exactly.
0: You know, she bought what she had and Harry just took it and worked with it for a little while. And before you know it, boom, you got this whole elaborate thing that in reality, she doesn't have the ability to produce. She right. would never have written that. You know what I mean? Because but that's Harry just not would her have skill. have never
1: written it exactly. without her original. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And for those who are listening, that is one of the best ways to submit a song to TSC music. Ah. It's like, even if you're not the best of singers, you know, sing it out and then explain, you know, what how you, you hear. You, yeah. You hear. Cause then it helps us. Cause, then we're just kind of in the dark, trying to figure out what
0: to do with it, and you know we've got a lot of music submissions. Well, you know, because you oh, have. I know,
1: I've, I've worked many times on organizing those binders full of uh, songs, and we're still working on working through them.
0: So, so if you've already submitted one, doesn't mean we're not going to do it. It's just me. It just means we haven't gotten to it yet. You're one of many yeah. uh, here at TSC Music.
1: But we haven't forgotten. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: So we've recorded the ensemble vocals, assuming you've gotten the right take, mm-hmm. whatever that, that means. Now, do you, is, is that it? Do you put on, do you stack other, I know sometimes in the, in the studio you've stacked one take on top of another. What's that about? Yeah.
0: Well, stacking sometimes if you want that choir effect and you want it to sound bigger without bringing 150 people to the platform, mm-hmm. uh, you will do multiple takes. Of the ensemble and pray that they get it as close with some nuances, you know, with, mm-hmm. with a few minor different nuances, because you don't want it to be exactly the same, because then you it's can't really hear it when you stack it too <laughs> you perfect, know, there's nothing right? different. Right. Yeah. So you want that live natural thing that happens when you get tired of singing a song mm-hmm. 15 times so you do two or three takes and then what happens is in in the mix which we can talk about later sometimes the engineer will do things like uh you know reversing frequencies and doing stuff like that to make it sound to not only fatten up the vocals but to give it that live space uh-huh. you know so mixing is all about space and we'll, which we'll talk about yeah. um but that's that's what the the stacking is. It's it's putting one ensemble on top of another one. So you're making it sound like, you know, instead of 12 people now you got 24, and you do the math, you know, 36, 48.
1: Are you going to do that with this project or are we bringing the choir in or are we still working that out? I think some songs are going to lend themselves to choir. Like He Remembers,
0: uh-huh. I mean, that thing later on in that song you right. gotta have a choir you gotta have that congregational vibe yeah. so my thought is that we do this on a Sunday night if you don't add the choir <laughs> they would be really upset yeah. because it's yeah. that kind of song like, how come <laughs> you didn't add
2: us did you
1: teach it you to know. them yet do they know it
0: I don't think we did this one yet. No, no, I don't think I so. I think we, This, this one. is
1: one that needs to happen yeah. in service. Well, we, we got, got a to a work few, this I one out. Got a few
0: tricky. We got a few ideas for this song yeah. because yeah. we're going to marry it with a few other choruses that. So we're, you're still writing. Oh yeah. We're
1: Recording, but we're still yeah, writing. the yeah. songs
0: have been birthed out of this whole <laughs> oh, idea. Oh wow! So
1: it's good stuff. But then on uh, some, but not all songs, there's also a lead vocal. Is that what comes next after you get the ensemble and/or choir?
0: uh yeah it depends you know we, we we always we always have to find the right voice for every song right just because you are a lead vocalist doesn't mean that the song is for you right so uh and sometimes a lead vocalist is that you know sometimes that's the last thing we do to be honest mm. with you because we're still f- trying to find the person who has the right, Approach yeah. who's gonna who's gonna deliver you know has the right delivery, uh. And so we may try three or four different people. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's usually the case. It's three or four different yeah. people, um, on a, on a song before we find the right take. I think when we did the Christmas project a few years ago, I did not want to do Crown Him Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I tried like four or five <laughs> other people. I I just couldn't. I was just so exhausted that every yeah. time I went in the studio it was a disaster. I was like, this is not for me, and um. And then one day it happened, and I was able to just get it out. Yeah. But I was so glad to be done with it. I was like, "God, there's got to be somebody else in here who could do this song." Yeah. You know, so you you go
2: through those moments. Where- it was the same with me, like uh, "Christ the Everlasting Lord." Uh-huh. And I don't know it's it's a it's a simple song, but once you know around the mid the middle section, closer to the end, it gets pretty high. Yeah, and it's it's we very- needed Harriet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You don't need that because that's a technical thing you don't want. But um but it although I can hit notes, you know, doing the whole Harriet thing, yeah. you know, singing in a regular tenor voice was hard mm. because it, you know, it pushed me to a point where I'm just, you know, at first at one point I thought I may have torn something in my oh, throat no. because it was so high. I was like, "Wow, I think I taste blood." Oh, but, no. But you know, but and for those who are listening, in a future podcast, Greg is going to do a podcast based uh, uh, on vocal techniques.
1: That's going to be a good one, and it's
2: it's it's going to be real good.
1: Let's hear let's hear a little bit of that song. This is from the Christmas in Times Square uh, recording project that we did a few years ago, and here's Harry, not Harriet, Harriet singing Harry
0: slash Harriet <laughs> singing, singing the high
1: notes. Christ the everlasting. You you wrote that song, right, Greg?
0: I, I wrote that one. Yeah.
1: Who is this child, the angel did speak of? Christ,
3: the everlasting Lord. Who is this child, son of the highest? Christ, the everlasting Lord. Who is this child, born above? Why the everlasting light? Who is this man?
1: Pastor Carter Conlon has published a new book entitled *Unshakable: Trusting God When All Else Fails. In the book he writes, you have believed and trusted in God. Perhaps you started out with much faith and promise for the future, but now you often feel like the psalmist who cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What if I told you there is a divine purpose? Would you be surprised to learn that you are in the very center of God's will for your life? We're entering a perilous time in history in which your life and testimony will be a priceless currency for the kingdom of God. Jesus is putting a deposit of his life within you for the sake of others. He's making you unshakable. For more information on this book and to order it online, visit tscnyc.org. And we're back. That was a little bit of Christ, we have a lasting. No.
2: <laughs> Christ, the everlasting Lord. We have a lasting Lord.
1: Well,
0: we do. We do. We do.
1: We have a lasting (laughs) Lord. No, I told them a story during the break about my daughter singing all the way through the parking lot and the YMCA going to swimming lessons after we'd been listening to that song. Mm. Christ, we have a lasting Lord. (laughs) But the song is called Christ, the Everlasting Lord.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, So... When you're recording a song, once you've got the vocals, you've got the ensemble, you've added the choir in. If you're going to get the choir, maybe you've got the lead vocal. But we still have some instrumentation to put in there, too. Mm -hmm.
0: And sometimes the other instrumentation comes between finishing background vocals, maybe laying a new piano track. Sometimes the other instrumentation happens even before the lead vocalist. Mm -hmm. And for me, my approach is a lot of times I I want as much music as possible for the lead vocalist to be able to really get into the song. Mm. Because uh, because if they're going to be singing it and they're going to feel, you know, the warmth and all the elements of the song, you want to have as much of it there as possible. Strings, if the strings are going to be there, Mm -hmm. let's get them in there before the lead vocalist has to do their part Ah, because they get to feel the ebb and flow. Of the song, and so their approach to uh, to it is going to be more um, uh, lively, for lack of a better term. And so, uh, you want to have all those elements. And and so, you know, if it's strings, if it's horns, if it's you know guitars, other uh, bells and whistles, percussion, you know, all of that stuff plays into you know this next element, which is the mix. Um, but you got to have skillful musicians who understand that all of these instruments have a space. Yeah. In the musicological spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. they they have a space and, they, and they've got to know to stay in that space and stay out of the other space, <laughs> yeah. you know, and not crossing the middle. You never, you know, the only time you're crossing the middle is when you're, you're asked to solo something. Right, because it's not that, a
1: guitar solo. Exactly, to, exactly. And
0: so finding musicians who understand musicianship mm-hmm. and understand getting in that space and staying in that space. A good engineer and a good mix engineer loves that because that makes his or her work super easy.
2: No, I I disagree with Greg. That space is very important. Mm. Live
0: and recorded. Yeah, and if they can't do it live, they're not going to do it in the studio.
1: So you mentioned mixing. So is that the next step?
0: That's the next step. You got all the elements done. You got the editing done. That means you've chopped it a little bit Uh, because you do your editing and then you still have to clean up. Yeah. Uh-huh. still some cleanup to do you know and the
1: editing is what exactly is that choosing the right take is that what it's, is the editing it's
0: choosing the right take
2: um um uh, making sure that you know in, in case somebody dropped a pin up against the music stand you know those type of little cutting small things out. yeah mm-hmm. just cutting it out
1: are you doing like an auto-tune job on there are you fixing vocals are you you
0: know we haven't used that yeah oh, we we haven't that, and... that type of um
2: uh, technique is starting to fade away. Mm-hmm. Like now, I think people are really starting to get it's back a li- to it's singing. Been a little to sing over that, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. important. You can tell. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. You can
0: tell yeah. when a vocal has been been uh, dressed up and designed. So going
1: into the studio with the the expectation that they can just fix it later yeah. is yeah. not yeah. the way to go. because so no, you know.
2: at some point you're going to have to do that thing live, exactly. and it won't be there for
0: you. <laughs> yeah. So you <laughs> proof is in the pudding, yeah. buddy. So
1: the editor is basically doing the the initial little cleanup thing.
0: They're cleaning up. And sometimes what we'll do, you know, sometimes we'll just have a guitar player just play. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, you know, let's say it's somebody that we don't work with on a regular basis. It's not part of the band. Let's say it's a musician who's not a part of our regular band here. We send tracks off to a guitar player who just has a different feel. And this is the kind of music for him. We'll send him the tracks and just say, hey, just give us three takes. And they will play throughout the entire song. They're not thinking about space. Ah. They're just playing licks, and they're doing mm-hmm. stuff, and they're giving us nice little f- things.
1: And they're kind yeah. of writing their part, because it's in not like sense. you're telling them, I want mm-hmm. you to play these notes charted exactly, exactly this way, exactly.
0: right? And then what we have the privilege of doing with the technology now is getting that track back, which we absolutely know is not going to sit in the mix. It's not going to sit in the song, mm-hmm. because he's playing too much. But we get the editor gets to chop mm-hmm. and keep what we want.
1: So I want a little so, guitar here. Absolutely. I like the way he played this little. It over might here. be a lick
0: that he did in the chorus that I want to add to the verse. Ah. I can move it and with the technology, pick it up, move yeah. it, and put it in the verse. So that's the other part of this that's that makes remote recording awesome. Can't do that a whole lot with vocals. Well, you can, you can, but it's harder it's, yeah. it's a little more difficult.
2: Because um the, the room environment, mm. you know, if if you get like four different people and you send the tracks four different ways. And they do it all at their home. one could have carpeted walls, another person could have tiles on the wall so you it's know, going a train in the background yeah. You
1: know? yeah so it's going to
2: sound different and it's, yeah. it just makes it difficult
1: so then the mixer that's the mixing next, process
0: yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: what is what is that?
0: that's that's putting everything in its proper space sometimes, and thats that's got everything to do with levels mm-hmm. how hot the 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 organ should be mm-hmm bringing it down in a certain section, bringing it up in another section, bringing it down in another section, cutting it out completely in another section. Mm-hmm. How, how out front should the guitar be? Is this a guitar-driven song, or is it a piano-driven song, or is it the whole band, and then are they in their elements? So the mixing process is getting all of that in its proper space, getting the levels right, but then the mixing process also includes effects, mm. reverb, delays, gates and other things like that 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 mm-hmm. you're going to put on the on the on the overall mix that's going to give it that spacious sound it's eq it's a lot of eq you know and eq is equalizing so for those who <laughs> don't know what that means and so in fact it's more eq than than other effects um in mm-hmm. the mixing process yeah it's create it's getting it to the place because you can hear recording flat with no eq and you mm-hmm. will immediately know the difference from a mix, you process. said it's
1: equalizing. Yes. I, I still don't know what that means. Equalizing
0: again, it's it's taking certain frequencies in the audio mm-hmm. and putting them in their proper perspective. You have to the make highs, in the lows, and the mids. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, the levels. Of course, how high an instrument should be, how loud an instrument should be, mm-hmm. and how low it should be.
1: Mm-hmm. And is the the person doing the mixing? Is that somebody who's been in the recording, or not necessarily? Not is necessarily. it better one way or the other?
0: Not necessarily, but in the mixing process. We we gotta be there.
1: Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So you and you and Harry, you've been in the recording, but right. now you need to be involved in we that. Know what we, we want to hear?
2: Because, problem. like, it, you know, Greg, like for for the albums that we do here, if Greg puts out a certain sound profile, because when you listen to Hillsong mm-hmm. versus uh, CC Winings versus uh, some black gospel uh, music versus some country music, they all sound a little different. Uh You know, so not
1: just because of the style of the music, but the way that it's recorded and mixed.
2: Yeah. And, you know, Hillsong is very wide. You know, it sounds like they're in big halls and it sounds like YouTube or uh, one of those big rock bands. So they approach it from that perspective. So if Greg says he wanted wants it to sound kind of uh, uh, like um, uh, like a Hillsong meets black gospel music, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to figure out a way how to mold it to, to do that successfully without it being kind of weird in yeah. a sense. Yeah. And there are ways to do it. Um, there, there are ways to do it. I think nowadays you're starting to hear that a lot more like with Israel,
1: uh-huh. Israel
2: Houghton, 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 Houghton.
1: <laughs> what? Is, how do you say It's It's Houghton. Houghton. Okay. <laughs> so you what know? makes a good mixer then?
2: Someone who's sensitive to what it is you're looking for. And, mm-hmm. They won't argue with you Mm -hmm. in regards to your vision. They Mm -hmm. just do it because
0: that's their job is to get it done. And they know they know what's what what a particular genre should sound like Mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, I don't you don't want a rock engineer mixing engineer to you may not want him to mix your your gospel project or you may not want the classical engineer who has a totally different approach to mix your rock project Mm -hmm. because it totally, it totally changes the mix. And so a good engineer is going to understand how to use EQ to enhance vocals and to warm vocals. Mm -hmm. Um, they're going to know how to put, uh, how to sit your vocals in the mix and how to sit all your other instrumentation in the mix. They're going to understand how that all comes together Mm -hmm. and how to use EQ to do it. They're going to also know then how to clean up a mix, how to take out, you know, all the breaths and all Mm -hmm. the all the pops you know that, that the pop filter didn't catch they're gonna uh-huh. so so they're gonna know how to do all of that uh, a really good mix engineer they're gonna mm-hmm. know how to get all of the extra slides out of the guitar players when he's going uh-huh. from chord to chord and you're mm-hmm. they're gonna know how to do that um, and they're or gonna keep take the some time of them in if or you keep want. some of them in because yeah. you don't want to take them all out you yeah. want some of them to be uh, natural they're gonna know how to say hey I hear a siren in the back they're gonna have good enough ears to say no a truck did go by yeah there's a there's a low frequency rumble, yeah. you know, and they're gonna a good mix is gonna be able to, a person with a good mix ear is gonna be able to say uh, to hear that, and they will often hear things that we don't hear, mm. Yeah. you know. No, somebody outside is yelling, I heard it, you know. Wow,
2: I mean, you know. here at the church, um, it's somewhat related. I mean, he doesn't necessarily mix our recording projects, but our house engineer is sensitive like that. That's Ivan, right? yeah, and he has like so much knowledge. That um, if you're not really prepared to get the answer, you probably shouldn't ask him the he's question. He's not the guy you want to ask. He you might find out more than
1: you're Years want. <laughs> of
2: history, and you're just kind of like, so the on switch is where, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I mean, okay. he's the man. He he he. he but that's yeah, I yeah. yeah. we love you. In case you're listening, yeah. yeah, we
0: appreciate you.
1: So now that it's mixed, then is it done?
0: It's, there's one, maybe two more phases. What comes next? You got that mastering phase.
1: So what is mastering?
0: That's a really good question because a lot of people mm-hmm. have different answers to this uh-huh. question. But yeah. mastering really just takes the mix to the next level. Okay. It, it create it, it, it takes that mix and it opens it up in a sense. It's like the mix is in the box, and I'm going to use this analogy for lack of a better one. Let's say it's perfectly mixed and it sounds great in the box. Uh-huh. But the mastering opens mm-hmm. the box. It opens all the flaps on the box. And now it comes out and that's what you hear in yeah. your hi-fi system. That's what you hear when you're in the car and you've got it cranked. Because you can have a good mix and then you put it in your car and it doesn't sound the same.
1: So it makes it sound good. It gives, However it, space. You're listening.
0: It, gives mm-hmm. it that equilibrium space so that no matter where I play it, if I play it in the car, if I play it on my iPad, on my iPod, or if I play it on my cheap stereo system, on my surround sound system, or if I play it over this PA system in the church... Mm-hmm. There's something consistent about it that it sounds nice and wide and open and spacious and big on anything I play at all. Can can I add something?
2: And and for those of you who probably didn't didn't understand that, just imagine seeing your favorite black and white movie, Mm. you know, and it's very plain. What mastering is in, in the audio or sound realm is taking what's black and white, not just enhancing the color and make it vibrant with different colors but it also puts it in 3D, 3D. Ah. you know so you hear the hi-hat and you're just like oh wow the hi-hat is on the left side yeah. or you know the okay.
0: altos are over on the right side and you know you hear yeah, when we're talking okay. about space that's that's what we mean I mm. mean you're literally hearing things what we call panned but mm-hmm. you're hearing it a lot more distinctive
1: and this is you know. so certain sounds you're hearing on one side of your Years and certain years, yeah. And the average listener doesn't even
0: realize that that's happening, but it's happening all the time on a really good, professionally mixed and mastered project. Um, It's like if I'm sitting in front of these speakers here, um, and you know, Harry puts on the track. It should feel to me as if I'm in the room, you know, not with all the definition, but it it should feel to me as if I'm looking at the stage, and I know the violins over are over there with Mm -hmm. the orchestra. They're actually over there in the mix. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Mm-hmm. That, that the drums are center. then that percussion section is actually center in the mix. So they're coming, and you can get that effect with you know with very simple equipment, just like this, um, uh, in your mixing and mastering process
2: before mixing and mastering. after mixing and mastering
1: So the the person doing the mastering they're not actually opening a box, and they're not actually making a three D three D movie. Those are the analogies. But what right. are they actually doing? Are they doing this in a Pro Tools? Or are they doing oh, like what uh, are they?
0: Good question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this because yeah. she, she really wants to know. I see, like, <laughs> yeah. So, so no, they're not necessarily opening a box. It's an analogy we're trying to paint a yeah. picture. Uh, and they and they and the mastering software is actually pretty simple. Mm. It's in fact, it's not nearly as complicated as the rest of the process. The rest so this of the process. is a
1: different software than like a Pro Tools where you're doing your. Right recording. now, Pro Tools
0: has mastering capabilities, but most people don't use it for mastering. They're, they're simple Pro. You know, there's Nectar. Nectar is like a. Uh, uh, it's from Isotope. Not that anybody cares about that, yeah. but it's <laughs> it's a, it's a mastering pro, uh, software package that actually zeroes in on frequencies, zeros in on your the frequencies in your mix and allows you to tweak very few knobs to just get that thing to where it is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in mastering, sometimes mastering can be very difficult where a mastering engineer sometimes almost has to remix a song because it's so busy, it's so full, it's so Mm -hmm. many frequencies and so many instruments and things in there, so much happening. But for the most part, a really good mixed project the mastering is not a very difficult process or not not a very tedious process mm-hmm. uh, when you compare it to the rest of the process of making a project. So, yes, he or she uh, are probably working with, you know, some mastering studios have four knobs. Some mastering studios have 40 knobs, <laughs> you know, uh, but you're going to see the biggest speakers you've ever seen. You're going to see some of the smallest studio speakers you've ever seen. And they're going to be using all of them at different times in the mastering process. And again, depending on who who the mastering engineer you're using, they all have a different approach. But for the most part, they're not working with the same speakers that we did the mix on. And they're not working in the same studio. The mastering studio is usually extremely isolated. It's It's not a super big space. And the board is a lot simpler than a lot of the recording stuff yeah. that we're using today. So and when they do master it they 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 have
2: in mind your home stereo systems, your headphones, your cars. Right. Things like that.
0: Which is why they have all of these other speakers and yeah. they're using their headphones and they're going through all of these things because they want that consistency in the end product so that if I put it on in my on my iPod that I'm still hearing that guitar lick that I love to hear. Because technically, and you can tell, you can take a project, put it on your iPod, and then put it in your home studio, your home stereo system, and you may not hear that same guitar lick the Uh, same way. You know, It's like using your earbuds and taking one ear out. Try that with some of the music you listen to, and I guarantee you that if you study music, if you're listening to it, there's certain things that you're not going to hear because you only have the right ear in because there are certain things that are only panned on the left ear.
1: And that's a product of the mastering?
0: That's a part of the mastering and the mixing as well, yeah. Okay.
1: So you've got this product, you've got the master done. You have recorded, edited, mixed, mastered everything. And now you need to make the product.
0: Well, we usually try to live with it for a couple days, a few weeks. You know, I might listen to it in the car, I'll listen to it on my iPod. You know, everybody will get a chance to listen to it in different spaces. Uh pair headphones to make sure that... We're absolutely satisfied with the master.
1: So because you could, cause not, you could go back and forth a little bit exactly. on the mix, on the master. Right. We may go back and say, that. you
0: know, I, I heard something that we didn't hear, you know, or uh-huh. this edit wasn't as clean as it could be, or uh-huh. it, it's always something.
1: And do you ever get tired of listening to the same thing oh, over please. and over and over again?
0: Oh, yeah. From the, the time you wrote the
2: song up to the mixing and mastering part? it gets old it's sometimes the song that get old oh, to <laughs> well, you sometimes like, you're yeah
0: you're just like why are we still working on this thing I got five new pieces over here and the yeah. tendency is to want to go back and grab the other five and start working on something but new but you
1: forget nobody's heard it yet nobody yeah. else yes. is, and no. that's the thing nobody about being in the
0: project that you often know that you have to be aware of and sometimes will slip by us that, uh-huh. well we've heard it a thousand times but other people haven't it's just like some of the songs that we sing in service you know yeah. we're tired of them yeah but the congregation and the people who, who are blessed by it never get enough of it, you know? And
1: how do you keep a fresh ear on that?
0: You gotta take some time off. You gotta not listen mm-hmm. to this stuff sometime. You gotta walk away from the session. Listen, like Harry said, you gotta listen to something completely other, mm-hmm. classical, whatever it is. You gotta get out of that headspace uh, because your ears will get tired. And a lot of times people wanna crank it out. They wanna stay in the studio yeah, all night. Yeah, yeah. And but they don't have fresh ears, and so they find the next day they missed so many things because their ears are just plain tired. Their brains yeah. are tired,
2: you know? You, you, you're you processing this stuff, you know, yeah. psychologically, and you, you're walking around with it. You may need to go to the beach or overlook the water, yeah. let the water hit the rocks just to, yeah, you know,
0: reset. Uh, I'm, then, I'm a firm believer in just tracking and leaving. Yeah. Don't sit there and try to listen to everything the same night. Get the work done. If if it's a two hour session, if that's if that's all you have, maximize your two hours. Shut down the studio, leave. Mm-hmm. Come back another day and listen to it. But maximize. you know, yeah, I just I just believe in that. Yeah. Plus, with the nature of things around here, that's all we have time for yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: It's not it like done. we ever take a month off to just do a recording project. Yeah, we got it's like everything get it else done going. Get
0: done and here. come back the next day and and yeah. listen to it. So I yeah. think that's all. To me, that's the best process for 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 this environment.
1: So then, taking the master and then turning that into a CD to sell—that's another yeah. process. Another
0: process. That's another podcast. And I think yeah. we're going to be back interviewing you and maybe our graphics designer and yeah. a couple other people because there's some things that happen because yeah. uh, a lot of people have you know recorded mixed and mastered a project and they got a garage full of cds yeah because <laughs> they haven't thought about the process now of getting <laughs> rid of those yeah. you know
1: and, and getting that music out there that's Absolutely. a whole nother process yeah. so we'll be back with another podcast uh, or maybe a few other podcasts talking about that any final thoughts on on the recording project, on the project that we're working on? What is what is still to come on this? We still have a lot of work to do before we have a God Is or whatever other name it's going to be project on the shelves.
2: Um, what's to come is um, we're not one hundred percent sure. I mean, we're still accepting songs submissions. Uh uh-huh. Um, we'll always be accepting those, and you know, when Greg is uh, comfortable, when we're comfortable that we have a, a good body of music, mm-hmm. we put something out.
0: Yeah, we're, we're in no hurry. And I'm, I'm learning that, uh, uh you know, the tortoise wins the race, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we got to do this as we can do it. The other part of it, too, though, that we're excited about is, is getting the publishing component of TSC Music launched. And so even if it's not, a full blown CD. Some of these songs are going to make it on the publishing site, and they'll be available as singles, which is awesome because a lot of people have written some. We've had songs submitted, everything about chickens and eggs to <laughs> literally chickens and <laughs> eggs to uh, <laughs> yeah, a
3: good thing. to Bye. some
0: really good. Good, uh, uh, edifying stuff. So, yeah. um, and so a lot of these songs may not necessarily make it on a project, but, uh, we'll get recorded and be put on the, the, the publishing website. And, and then we'll be able to get this music out to the Christian community at large, to the church of Jesus Christ. So that's going to be awesome. So All right. it, it's a nonstop thing now. We're, we're in a, we're getting a flow back where we're in the studio. We're trying to be in there every single week. Um, and just writing and, and recording. So yeah. look for this project. We will. We don't know what it's going to be called, but it'll be something. Yeah, something. and it'll be twenty-four songs. We're not going to stop until we've got two. Is this two CD package?
1: Two CD package. Yeah. God is project probably going to be renamed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got songs, uh, and whether it's for this project or even just to be published, something you think that the choir could sing. Uh, how should people send that to, to us? How should they submit that?
0: They should submit their songs to TSC Music at 1657 Broadway, New York, New York, 10019 to the attention of Jesse Carrasco. And uh she'll get it, and she will start cataloging it. She and Mark Walker. Uh, or you can send it to Mark Walker uh as well. But at that address... um, uh, and make sure that you do your diligence by copywriting your material. Send us a copy of the lyrics and send us a recording of it. Mm-hmm. And again, don't send us, you know, you don't have to go to the studio and record it. You can be at your kitchen table, you know, set of spoons and forks and do your own rhythm thing, you know, use a bottle yeah. cap to create, you know, horn sounds. Uh, mm-hmm. But But, you know, just tell us what you hear and sing it all the way through. Don't talk through the song. And a lot of people will sing a verse and then they'll start, you know, doing a dissertation and then they'll go into the chorus, sing the whole thing all the way through <laughs> once, you know. And again, it can be our cassette. You can send it to his MP3. You can send it to his WAV file. Um, but those are the me- that is the method to get it to us.
2: Yeah. And also don't don't feel offended if we if it's something that we can't necessarily use right now. It, you know, we could possibly use it in the future.
1: And there's a lot of different uses for songs. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, not every song is going to lend itself to the choir singing it in service. Not yeah. every song is going to lend itself to a recording project that we're working on now. But, right. I mean, sometimes I, I would guess songs can sit there for years, but then they, we come back around to it for a, to meet a certain need.
0: Right, right. It may be the background music to a video clip.
1: Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Harry. My this has been very informative. Sure. And remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Jesse Carrasco.
0: I'm Greg Thomas. And I'm Harry Vaughn.
1: Join us next time on Music with a Mission.
0: That was pretty good. That was pretty good, Jess.
1: Pretty <laughs> Thanks. Good. Join good. us
0: again next time on TSC Music with a Mission. <laughs> Take joy,
2: my king, in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because music with a mission doesn't end here. Check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share video on our YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org forward slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by DJ Vaughn and our project manager is Jesse Carrasco be sure to join us next week for another edition of Music with a Mission